You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. You know, usually I, I have a nice pithy title for these messages, but today it's very simple. It's, ooh, don't fall. It is the parable of the talents. I know you're like, wow, that's, that's amazing. Well, that's, that's all I got. So I'm going to get right into it. Point number one, are you using your portion well? Are you using your portion well? Guys, Jesus has given you something. The question is, what are you doing with it? Now you see that each one was given something different. One was given five talents, one was given two, and one was given one. Now Jesus just expected them to do something with it. Some of you have been given more of an opportunity in life. Some of you have not. But if you'll notice, Jesus' charge to them was not go and make me a whole lot of money. It was go and do something with it. And for, for me, this, is, this has been something that, that God has spoken to me. Because as a pastor, one thing that's very easy for us to do is to look at what other churches are doing and try to emulate But a lot of pastors that I follow, a lot of pastors that speak into my life, they pastor churches that are bigger than ours. And so sometimes they'll suggest things to me and I'll try to do them, but the Lord will say, it's not, you're not quite there yet. You will be there, but you're not quite there yet. And and many times I'll sit there and I'll say, well, Lord, look at what this one's doing. Look what this one's doing. Look what this one's doing. And he'll say, you know what? Be faithful with what I've given you. Many times we'll say, well, Lord, you've given them five talents and you've only given me two. I I don't know why you give them more and you don't give me this. But what does the Lord say? Be faithful with what I have given you. God is only concerned with how well you steward what you were given. Stop focusing on what he is doing with others. Guys, comparison is a trap of the enemy. What someone else is doing has no bearing on what God is calling you to do. He just wants you to do well with what he's given you. You know, if you'll notice, none of the other servants had to take an account for what someone else did. They only had to give an account for what they did. Now guys, there's many, many, many talented people here in the church. You know, and I know a lot of you say, well, I'm not talented because I can't get up here and speak. Guys, getting up here and speaking is just something the Lord has given me. But you know, he's given you a lot of great talents that I don't have. You know, we have some, some wonderful men here at the church that mow the grass. If you know anything about me, I'm deathly allergic to grass. And so if I were to mow grass, I would be sick for two weeks after. And that's kind of hard for the the whole preaching gig if I can't talk. But we have people that do that. They're talented. And and many people will say, it's just cutting grass. Well, then you do it. 
Then many people say, well, you know, we have a lot of people that clean up around here, that, that arrange things, that, that put things up, and they're like, well, that's easy. Well, if it's easy, then you do it. You know, the one thing in church that bugs me is we want to be a critic of everything, but we don't want to do anything. We want to complain about everything, but we don't want to do anything. Well, maybe the Lord is showing you something that you need to fix so that you can make it better. Maybe the Lord has exposed something in the church that needs to be better to you. Why? Why did he expose it to you? Because he doesn't want you to whine about it. He wants you to make it better. So that's off the notes. That was for somebody here in the church this morning. So happy, uh, happy Sunday to you all. But it's like, pastor needs to go back on vacation. He comes back all mad. And <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm writing this message going, I'm coming back from vacation on this, man. Whoo! It only gets better. Stay with me. Point number two. God rewards those who are faithful. God rewards those who are faithful. Now, I'm going to read a, por- a passage, Matthew 28, 25, 28, 29. Now, he's talking to the person that brought him back one talent. He said, so take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But for the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Now, he's talking to the one talent guy. And he's saying, give your talent, you wicked servant, give it to the five talent guy, because he's going to do something with it. So, I want to talk just for a second. Really, most, the easiest thing to preach on is the five talent guy and the one talent guy. It's harder to preach on the two talent guy. Because the two talent guy, the Lord said he was faithful, but he didn't give him more, he was just faithful. So guys, what I want to encourage you is, is some of you are two talent guys. You're faithful, but that's it. You're faithful. The Lord wants you to be better. Because I don't know if you're like me, but I want the Lord to entrust me with more. Because he gave the five talent guy who ended up having 10 talents, he gave him the one talent because he knew he would do more with it. And so guys, sometimes we just have to be, sometimes it's not just okay to be faithful. The Lord is encouraging us here to be better. He wants us all to be five talent people. So this week, I, knowing that I was going to preach a message on, on five talent, I contacted one of the most beloved five talent people in my life. I, I contacted my papa West. He's my mom's dad. He grew up dirt poor in a farm in Oklahoma. He didn't have toilet paper growing up. He used newspaper. And I know all y'all, they did that? Yes. And so if you're worried about the pandemic and all the toilet paper going away, newspaper works great, according to Papa. <laughs> Hadn't tried it, but let me know how it goes. Uh, we never run out of toilet paper at our house. Crystal buys it every time she goes to the grocery store. He also didn't have hot water. The only reason the water was hot was from the person that took a bath before him. Now, now he owns multiple pharmacies across North Texas. He, 
probably has more money than I will ever know because he invests it in different things to make more money. He is a very talented man who you will never know because he'll roll up in a jalopy pickup that he doesn't take care of because it's just the thing and his things don't rule him. You'd never know that he actually had money. But I asked him, I said, Papa, what advice would you give the people that want to be five talent people? And I asked him that way. I said, he, he, he knows he's a, he's a Bible guy. He understands the story. He, and he said simply this, he's short and to the point. He said, being obedient, both in dollars and other talents. That's how you become a five talent person. You're being obedient in both dollars and other talents. So I asked him, I said, what advice would you give the people? What advice would you give to other people that want to seek out and be a five-talent person? He said, put God first, and he will do the rest. This required a lot of faith and patience. Did you hear that last part? It takes a lot of faith and patience. Sometimes we're not good with that last word. I'm not a very patient person. Anybody out there? Right there? I'll ask my kids to do it and they'll go, well, dad, now! Do it now! Right, Noah? When dad asks you something, when does he want it done? Now! Right? Yeah. But what we've got to understand is good stewardship of the little things brings greater privilege and responsibility. Poor stewardship leads to losing even what one has. You know, the easiest way I can relate this is to your dollars. You know, many people will tell me when it comes down to tithing, and you, you tell me this, like, I look up your tithing records, just so you know, I don't look them up, okay? The only people I check up on the tithing records are our elders and our staff, I'm not looking up yours. But many people will come up to me and say, pastor, and I just can't give. You, if you understood my finances, you would, understood, you would understand that I can't give. And I would say, okay, but if you want the Lord to give you more, you have to be faithful in what he's given you. If he can't trust you with the little he's given you, why would you expect him to give you more? The same is true with your talents. If you're a talented person, if you don't use those talents for him, why would you expect him to bless you with more? It's not going to happen. That's not the way the kingdom of God works. And so if you want to raise, if you want more, if your paychecks are not getting to the end of the month, here's what I want you to do. I want you to give. And I want you to give 10%. And when you start doing that, the check will go to the end of the month. Like, well, pastor, how do you know that? It's biblical. It's biblical. Test me, says the Lord. And I will not do great and mighty powerful things. I went King James there. I guess I memorized that in the King James. But test me, says the Lord, right? It's a little bit more powerful than that. So if you're not being faithful in what God has entrusted you now, he will never, never give you more. If you can't prove to the Lord that what he's given you now, you could be trusted with, why do you think you could be entrusted with more? If you want a good illustration of this, go watch Broke. Now, it's a 30 for 30 on ESPN. I, I, 
I'm guessing, I don't remember, it's been a while, the language is not great, so this is not a pastoral recommendation, but what I'm saying is, is you see athletes that all of a sudden have millions of dollars and they leave the NFL, the NBA, broke. Why? Because the money rules them. And when your money rules you, it goes away very quickly. So no amount of money will change how you spend it. If you have bad spending habits, you're going to spend a lot even when you don't have a lot. God giving you more is not going to fix that. You got to fix your heart first, which is why my papa said, be faithful both in your dollars and in your talents, but be patient. It takes time. Number three, those who fail will receive punishment. Now I'm sitting there at the dinner table writing my message at, at, our, at our cabin there in Tennessee going, is this really what I want to do? Is this how I want to land the plane of this message? But I can't preach a message on being faithful and not be faithful to what the scripture is telling you. So I'm going to read this and remember, this is the scripture. Matthew 25, 30 says, and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Teresa, I know you've studied this. In the Bible, when it's talking about weeping and gnashing of teeth, what place is it talking about? Hell. I wanted Teresa to say it because you're not going to be mad at Teresa. (laughs) So it's saying if we will not be faithful What is the outcome? Hell. And I know you're like, well, pastor, come on. Where's the grace in that? Where's the love? But what Jesus is saying is I've given you an opportunity. Do something with it. Too many so-called believers fail to believe that the Lord, they, they fail to believe the Lord enough to obey him, revealing their lack of faith through spiritual Passive spirituality and failure to step out in risky obedience. Following Jesus is risky. Guys, you would not be here today worshiping in this church if it it had not taken some risky faith. Guys, this church I was interviewing for it was $30,000 in debt and it had 30 people. So that's $1,000 a person. But our parent church wiped the debt clean and said, here you go, pastor. There's 30 people. They don't know what the heck they're doing. No offense to anybody that was there that day. Uh, They don't know what the heck they're doing. But with the Lord on your side, you can do it. Now, fast forward, you get to see what's here now. But there was steps along the way. We could barely pay our month-to-month rent at the Cleaver Conference Center with the people that we had, but the Lord put this property on our radar. It was a great property. We had this building on it with five acres of land on the toll road with, for $196,000. And you're like, Pastor, that's a great deal. Yeah, if you could pay for it. At the time, we couldn't pay for it. But you know what we did? We can't afford this, but the Lord will provide. And guess what? He did. 
on the drive home, Facebook reminded me, I asked Crystal, you remember what we were doing six years ago? We didn't have enough money as a church. So my wife and myself and Noah, who was, how old are you now? Eight, two at the time? Have four kids and see how it works for you, okay? <laughs> he was two or three at the time, doesn't matter. And he helped us paint. We painted. We spent a month up here of our time. Some other people helped when they had time, but they had other jobs. So I would get up in the morning, paint until I couldn't paint anymore. Go home, sleep, get up, paint till I couldn't paint anymore. And you know why we did that? Because we love the Lord. And we had risky faith. And we got into this building. And as soon as we got into it, we ran out of room. We had all the kids. We had a great plan. We put all the kids in those back rooms. And that lasted about a week. Then we were like, well, we need a place to have kids church. So we had a pavilion that was wide open. It was open in the air. And they were like, well, it's Texas. It's, it's August. So it's not bad. Patty remembers. She was there. So what do we do? We had kids church outside. Well, somebody had a brilliant thought. It wasn't me. I don't remember who it was. But they said, Pastor, it's going to get cold out there. I'm like, well, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, so, so we go, well, we got to close this in. So, so, we, so we had just moved into a building that we couldn't afford. We were finally making the payments. It was going okay. And now we've got to close in this building. So I got all, pushed all the numbers together and it became very clear. We need $20,000. And you got two weeks to get it. <laughs> right. I don't feel that you feel the gravity of this. <laughs> I went home and I go, babe, we need $20,000. And we need it like yesterday. Because we got to start building because it's going to get cold. So I came to the church. Many of you were here. We did a circle maker series. And we raised $20,000 in 10 days. We built the building. And on the first day it was usable, the low that morning was 25 degrees. But it took risky faith. Fast forward a little bit further down the road. There was an Easter. I told this story the first service, even when you weren't in here, Miss Patty. Miss Patty, if you go into the youth room and turn right, there's a, what we use as a closet now was a pre-K room. Miss Patty put 20 pre-K, was that, was that your room? There was 20 pre-K kids in that room. I walked in there and went, oh, man, I'm walking back out. <laughs> Lord be with you, Miss Patty. So I went back to the elders and I goes, guys, we got to build something bigger. Then we began to put those numbers together and like, well, we need a half million dollars. <laughs> then we start the same conversation over here. Well, we can't afford it. I know we can't afford it, but we need it. So we had a dinner. We raised $80,000 in one night. And we did a, a capital campaign here at the church. We raised, I think, a, a close to $125,000. Now, there's more to pay off if the Lord is, is leading you. But here's what I want you to understand. Even with all that risky faith, the Lord's not done. We need a bigger sanctuary, which probably the price tag is going to be about $2 million. So here's what I'm praying for. I'm praying that the Lord will bless one of you five talent people with $20 million so that your tithe would be $2 million. You think I'm joking, but I'm not. Okay? 
And I'm praying that the Lord would give one of you talented individuals $20 million so that you can give your church $2 million because that's just what you do. Now, guys, all along the way, there's been buffs and bruises. Even with us adjusting to the new reality of having a brand new building, a global pandemic hit. In January, we were $12,000 behind. And the elders and I and the staff, we sought the Lord. We said, Lord, we need some help. And guess what? He helped. We started praying and in about a month, he made us level. Then the pandemic hit. And we're like, Lord, what are we going to do? And now, two weeks ago, we invested $10,000 in an investment fund to do some high yield because the Lord wants us to use, to make talents on the talents that have been given. Now, I don't tell you this to go, well, that's it. We're going to stop giving. The church actually needs more. If you've ever owned a building, if, if something were to break, $10,000 would disappear like that. <laughs> Just give us an air conditioner to go out and it would go like that, right? I feel like I need a little bit more air conditioning today. But what I'm saying, guys, is the Lord is not done, but it's going to take some risky faith from some five talent people in this room. The five talent people have taken you to where it is now. Will you go the rest of the way with us? Because we need you now. We need your risky faith. But we must understand this. There is no caveat in the scripture for a global pandemic. What this pandemic has shown us is that we have a lot of lackadaisical attitudes in the church. If you give church people a reason not to come to church, what's going to happen? They're not going to come to church. And guys, here's what we've got to understand. The world needs the church more than ever right now. This is the time for revival. This is the time that the church needs to rise up. This is not the time for the church to fall asleep, afraid of what might happen. As one of my students posted this morning, and I loved it. I love it. He said, I would rather give my life to COVID-19 than see one person die and go to hell. That should be our attitude. Now, I'm not saying be reckless. I'm not saying wash, not wash your hands. Don't wear your mask when it's appropriate. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is it's not time for the church to fall asleep. It's time for the church to rise up. I should not have to be begging people to come to church right now. The church should be overwhelmingly full. I should need four, five, six services, not have to reduce to two. That's what the church needs right now. That's what people need right now. They need hope of Jesus. But yet, we use the fears of man. The fears of the newsman who does not have the hope of Jesus to dictate to us what we should do. We have to rise up and walk as people of faith. 
You know, and I see all over Facebook, you know, well, this is the end, you know, the, the mark of the beast is going to be this, and they're, they're taking away my money, and it's, and it's there's, there's no more change, and it's the mark of the beast is coming, blah, blah, blah. Guys, we win in the end. Have you read the story? It's in the book. You win. Stop being scared. You win. You may die in the process, but you win. To live is Christ and to die is gain. The Bible tells us that. And we're worried about a little microscopic thing that we can't even see. Rise up, church. Oh, it's hot in here. But guys, what I want you to hear is this. If you are not willing to risk it all for Jesus, was his risk worth it for you? If you're not willing to risk it all for Jesus, was his risk worth it for you? Now, Jesus would say it was worth it. But what I'm saying is, is I want to live a life that was worthy of the sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus gave his whole life for me. I want to be worthy of that sacrifice. I want to give him all that I have and nothing else. I want to be a five talent guy. Every day I strive to be a five talent guy. Some days I'm a two talent guy. But every day I strive to be my best for the Lord. What are you doing? Are you allowing a global pandemic to lull you into complacency? Because that's what it's doing with most of the world. So what does this mean for us? Stand by. Y'all get me all fired up today. Number one, how well are you stewarding what the Lord has given you. Some of you, the Lord has given a lot. Some of you, the Lord has given you a little. But how well are you doing with what you have? Guys, I'm here to tell you, because you were born in the United States of America, you're not a one-talent person. You were given the opportunity to be a five-talent guy more than anybody else on this planet. What are you doing with it? Number two, are you ready to risk it for the Lord? Guys, I'm reading through Acts in my devotional, and it makes me laugh. because we're worried about a virus that could cause death. Paul was literally drug out of a city, beat almost to death. And as soon as he got up and could walk, what did he do? He went back to preach. Now guys, hear me. I'm not saying be foolish. Paul would not want you to be foolish. Paul was smart. Paul followed the leading of the Lord. When the Lord told him not to go somewhere, he didn't go. But the Lord is never going to tell you to stop preaching the gospel, ever. The Lord is never going to stop you to, to tell you to stop risking it for him. Now, guys, as a pastor, risk of sickness is always something that I deal with. This is nothing new for me. Many times you're at your sickest, pastor comes in and prays for you. Some of you, I've had to put a gown, gloves, mask, put stuff on my hair just to see you. And you know what? I ain't scared. 
because I've got the Holy Spirit in me. And I've never once gotten sick when I was serving the Lord. Now guys, I'm not saying that all of us will avoid sickness. I'm not saying that all of us will avoid persecution. But what I am saying is one day we're gonna look back on this and I hope that our look is the church stood up, rose up and did something with this pandemic, not walked quietly into the darkness. And unfortunately, for the most part, the church is walking quietly into the darkness, allowing the fears of man to dictate to us people who have hope in how we should live our lives. Number three, do you want to be a five-talent guy? Now, ladies, this is for you too. Five-talent gal. It just sounded better to say guy. Five-talent guy. Guy's universal. Person, guy, gal, whatever. Do you want the Lord to trust you with five talents? But here's the thing. Read the story. If he gives you five talents, you better make five more or he's not going to give you any more. With great Wealth is not the right word. With great wealth comes great responsibility. Power. With What? Power. power. There we go. I knew there was a good word there, but I couldn't think of it. With great power comes great responsibility. Now, that's, a, that's in a movie, too. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man. Spider-Man, right? But guys, do you want to be a five-talent servant? Do you want the Lord to use you to do great things? My hope is that you say yes. My hope is that you're not the two-talent person that just says, Lord, I made you two more talents, you're welcome. It's okay to be faithful, but faithfulness is not enough. We got to risk it to win it. So I just want to end with this. I want to end in a word of prayer. But I want to ask you, if you want to be a five-talent person, if you want the Lord to use you in great and mighty powerful ways, I want you to stand up with me and we're going to pray together. You want God to use you in big, mighty, powerful ways? You ready to risk it for the Lord? Let's do it today. Let's pray. Jesus. Lord, I thank you for these people that are willing to be used as a five-talent servant. Lord, I pray today, Lord, that you would empower them to do great things. Lord, I pray that you would help them to be faithful with what you've given. Lord, I pray that you would help them to never expect more until they utilized everything that you've given them. So, Lord, I pray that you would just give them abundance. Lord, I know that we laugh. I know we we laugh about this one, Lord, but I pray, Lord, the person that's out there that has the money for the next phase, Lord, I pray that you will just shower them with those talents so that they can give to the Lord in the ways that you've called them to do. So, Lord, I pray that you would just bestow those talents upon them. Lord, I pray for the people in this room that have dreams, abilities, things that you've given them. Lord, I pray that you would just help them to go after those things and risk it for you because you will give great reward. 
Lord, help us not to lull ourselves with this pandemic to being ineffective. But Lord, help us to even during this time achieve great things. Lord, the greatest things in our nation's history, the greatest things in the history of church have come out of the greatest times of suffering. So Lord, I pray that you would help those, draw those things forth there in this time. Lord, we thank you that we're here with you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Just a reminder, no Wednesday night activities during July. So we love you guys. We will see you next Sunday, 9 and 10.30.